Welcome to Hello Universe, a podcast about spirituality in our everyday lives. We're your co-hosts, Kylie and Eva. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Hello Universe. It's your co-host here, Eva, and we have an amazing episode for you today with the wonderful, the lovely, the delightful, even though she calls herself (laughs) non-optimistic, Jessica Leniato. Many of you may know her from her podcast, Ghost of a Podcast. She is an astrologer, psychic medium, an animal communicator, and also really her Instagram account is just one of those accounts that's just popping off. I love going there to get some sort of well-informed astrology that's also deeply rooted in social justice um, and self-care and community. It's one of those it's one of those accounts that you want to go to when you want to be inspired and get some information, some good downloads for the week and also maybe just have some giggles because again, Jessica is just um, her personality is naturally infectious and she's incredibly creative. We had such an important conversation about many things, one of them being about the role that community care and being in community is going to play for us in the next couple of years. I've been hearing, so I've mentioned before on the podcast, I'm not particularly astro-literate, like I don't follow, you know, the sun and the and the stars all that closely, but even from, you know, what I see briefly in pop spirituality, I've been hearing people talk about how we're entering a stage of where, where you know, community and sort of fighting against systems is going to be huge, huge thematically. And I'm like, yay, that sounds really great. Um, But what does that mean for us as individuals? And I, you know, me being someone who is really invested in community, I just had a chance to ask, what does that look like? You know, someone who is um, from a seer, which, you know, Jessica is, her thoughts on how to make this sustainable and actions that we can take. And we had this really amazing conversation about Um, our values versus our ideals, which um, I have just been thinking about nonstop. So I'm really excited for you guys to check this out. So I'm really excited for you guys to check out this episode. Okay, before we jump into this week's episode, I am so excited to share with you a new program that I'm working on with my close friend, Federico. Some of you may know Federico Petrelli from being on the episode a couple times before. Every episode that he's been on, we've just gotten great feedback that like, you know, <laughs> he's just an amazing being. Uh, Federico and I met through our medita- meditation teachers training program. We met two times a week in our sangha for two years. And through that time, I really got to know this amazing individual. So it is such an honor to be working with him to share our new program, Loving Ourselves Into Power, which is really about self-love done right. And I feel like we're taking it back to self-love, which for me is like the basics. It's foundational and it's also the basics because I think for me, that's where my self-love journey started. And also what I am reminded of again and again is that mastery level is actually just mastery of the basics. (laughs) So 
If you are someone who has had a complicated relationship with your self-worth, your self-esteem, and your self-efficacy, first I want to start off by saying, I see you because my core woundings, the stories that come up for me over and over again, really have a lot to do with not, a lot of it is self-efficacy, like not having the confidence, feeling like an imposter, but of course the self-worth and really like the, the self-esteem stuff is, is all meshed up in there. For me, a lot of it has to do with childhood trauma, feeling of growing up in an unstable household. So this is work that I have been doing for myself for years and it's arguably some of the most important work because as we all know the relationship that we have with ourselves is the thing that dictates our happiness and our joy and the ease in which we can move through life. If you are someone like me who has a raging really um, berating self inner dialogue loving yourself into power I think is going to be nothing short of informative. And so when we talk about self-love, this isn't like, I think there's surface self-love, which is like affirmations and faking it till you make it. And sometimes we talk about self-care, which, you know, is important. Self-care is important, but we're not talking like facials, you know, and manicures. We're talking about getting down deep, 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 deep into a lot of the things that we talk about on this show, which is um, emotional regulation, how to be with difficult emotions like shame and guilt and grief um, and insecurity. It's a lot about reparenting ourselves. Um, it's nervous system work because all of these things are the things that create the stories that, you know, make up our relationship with ourselves and how we feel about ourselves. And if we're feeling like we're too much and we take up when we you know where we feel bad when we take up too much space or we're or we're not enough right there's always that vacillation between too much and not enough <laughs> it is a painful way to live federico and i have some similarities some shared experiences with our traumas and our stories and that's why we wanted we landed on this program as what we wanted to share with other people who understand that this is a painful way to live because we truly believe that liberation and joy and ease are for everybody. So doors are open right now for loving yourselves into power. Um, early bird is for about until June 7th. So we're offering a special price for people who get in early. Spots are limited because we wanna make sure that this is a really intimate community experience where people can share and get to know one another and support one another. Um, so if you are interested, if you have questions about what this looks like, you can DM me. I'm always happy to answer questions to see if this is the right fit for you or go to our website. All the links will be in the show notes. Um, I'm really looking forward and hoping to see some of you there because this program, I think, is just going to be life changing. All right. And now on to our show. Hey, Jessica, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're so jazzed. Um, our kickoff question is always, what is something that life is teaching you right now? Life is so instructional. And I really struggle with that question because it's like, I, I have like a scrolls list yeah. of things as opposed to a thing. Mm -hmm. Um, <clears throat> but you know, I would say a big lesson is around the pandemic and 
you know, the collective response to it, cognitive dissonance, like how people handle trauma and, you know, as as not people like individuals. Yes, that, but I'm, I'm referring to like at the supermarket, on the bus, like in just in life, it's really, it's teaching me a lot about the world and myself. And it's, it's like a really big thing that I think about. So, yeah, I love that. And I'm so grateful that you're bringing this up because sometimes I feel like there's this, like this, uh, this sense that like, well, it's over and we're all just moving on. Yeah. Or there's um, like a, a dis- I feel dissonance. I'm like, wait a yeah, second. That just it. happened. It wasn't that long ago, but we've yeah. all sort of like, quote unquote, moved on. Yeah. yeah. I mean, thousands of people are dying of every month. I think a thousand people a week in the U.S. alone. Like it's not done. People have long COVID. People are getting sick. And we don't know what will happen. Like we, I mean, this is hopefully not too much of a divergence from what and what we were planning yeah, on talking about. But... For divergence, so just go for <laughs> okay. it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm queen of divergence, so let's go. So, but you know, there's like studies where they've seen that people who had COVID, whether they died of it or not, after they died, even if they didn't die of COVID, they died of something else, that COVID remains in our organs, in our eyeballs, in our brain, in our cardiovascular system. Like it's all throughout the body and it just hasn't been in existence long enough for us to really know the long-term effects. And I'm old enough that I had chickenpox as a kid. So people who are younger than me, they, you know, you all got, I'm assuming you're younger than me. You all got like, oh, a, I got, I got, I got, yeah, I had chickenpox. Yeah. You're drinking box. Okay. So, so you're, you're uh, older than I thought. Okay, cool. So, <laughs> but a lot of people don't really know about chicken pox because, you know, it was vaccinated. People got vaccinated for it. But now, you know, I have friends who are in their early fifties and they've gotten shingles, which is what happens after you've had chicken boxes, your body can give you shingles. And that's the, like the neurological, I'm not an expert in this, but like, you know, it's like a neurological outcome. It's like a bazillion years later. And then your body's like, ah, and something really serious can happen to you. And we don't know what will come of this uh, disease. And I think, you know, chickenpox don't never killed a bunch of people. So I don't know. It really concerns me. And, and it, and it also like, it, it, it hurts to see how quickly even the most progressive people um, threw away disabled communities or immune compromised people. I mean, uh, where is our care for the elderly? Where is our care for people who have cancer and other immune suppressing issues? Where's our care for disabled people? You know, it really, it is something that, that consumes my thinking daily. (laughs) And, Mm. um, and I'm really aware that most people, are not thinking about it at all, let alone every damn day, every damn day. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, you asked, so you, you got, <laughs> you got the truth. That's what happened. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I'm so glad that you're, I'm so glad that you're bringing this up. And I think I have questions for you so that your daily thinking can have more space. Um, and I'll also add one of the things that I have been thinking about on this topic is, is also our individual journeys, right? Like we all went through this, like, completely insane unforeseen experience where our world just shrunk to the size of like five people and now we're on the now we're you know for a lot of us on the other side of that and like there's um 
I think there's limited space for even like witnessing, like I'm watching a lot about, um, I'm in a chapter that's a lot about like my relationships to people, right. And like allowing myself to open up to deeper, intimate, like relationships with people. And I can watch how much COVID for me coupled with parenthood of small children was just like, just, it's not safe. Mm-hmm. Don't let anybody in. And now I'm in this process of like, no, but I really want to be intentional about making it safe emotionally, energetically to like have this wider network. And, um, and I don't think I'm alone in that and having that like contraction expansion, but we're not talking about like, what does it mean to like have this expansion? So, mm-hmm. um, and what did we go through in the isolation? What do we go through in the grief of whether or not, you know, you or me as an individual knew somebody who passed from COVID what does it mean to have lived through this, this, you know, insane period where millions and millions of people died and we were washing the outside of our, you know, groceries and we didn't know what it would be. And it what didn't happen 15 years ago. It just happened. And mm-hmm. we're still in it, even though a lot of people are, you know, pretending that it's over. It, it's still happening. And so there's not only been no time to properly mourn, we actually don't have enough space from it to properly mourn. Mm -hmm. In order to have PTSD, you have to have the P, the post, (laughs) and there's no post here. And again, a lot of people are are referring to it and thinking about it as post, but it's not post. Mm -hmm. And that actually keys into astrology because Saturn was in Aquarius um, and now it's in Pisces. And I, I didn't mean to just jump Oh no! Yeah, I want give us give us the connection here. Connection. <laughs> Divergence, astrology, politics—like you're what we're here for. Yeah, if you let's do it. Cool and confusing. Then you will have nailed our trifecta. Yeah, <laughs> perfect. Okay, good. I'm in. All, all in. So the so Saturn moved into so Saturn in astrology. Let me just. I'm going to pull all the way back, and then I'm going to go back in. Okay? okay, out in. Okay, so. Astrology, a lot of people think about as horoscopes, like, oh my God, who should I date? And like, I'm a Gemini and that means X. But what astrology is, is using the movement of the planets, so using astronomy as a way to contextualize and understand generations of people, historical events, um, our individual nature, etc. And so in the early 1900s, you know, there was a shift in the West towards horoscopes, um, and they got more marketed to women. And so thus began the silification of astrology. But um, astrology, and there's nothing silly about being interested in relationships and in self-improvement, although, again, it's marketed that way. Um, misogyny, uh, capitalism. Yeah. Just, mm-hmm. Okay, just so we're clear. Okay, but um, the... The thing about astrology is that it has historically been used, you know, in scholarly ways and by like kings and such and thus. And so I give you that little backdrop to say that a big part of how I work with astrology is not just to understand individual nature, but to understand collective conditions. Now, the planet Saturn moves through the zodiac. Um, It takes about 29 years to move all the way through the zodiac. And so the last time, so it was in, it entered into Aquarius right as we started socially distancing. And it just left Aquarius and has now moved into the zodiac sign of Pisces, just as it's over, aka collective cognitive dissonance. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
what the Saturn in Aquarius transit taught us as a collective, Saturn is a planet that I should say is like related to heavy lessons, um, reality with a capital R, um, maturity, adulting, uh, you know, all like that kind of Saturn's stuff. return, like any, yeah. Any you heard of the Saturn return. Yes. 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 So Saturn return is when you become an adult. So before the Saturn return, you are in the adult phase of your childhood. And after the Saturn return, you're in the youth of your adulthood. Welcome. And so as a collective, every time Saturn moves through a new Zodiac sign, we learn different lessons. Um, and of course it shakes down individually differently for everyone, but the thing about COVID is because it was this global pandemic. It had us kind of all on the same page for a hot minute, or at least having the illusion of all being on the same page, because of course we weren't all anyways, anyways, again, capitalism, but, (laughs) um, the thing about Saturn's move through Aquarius is it had so much to teach us about technology. We all started living online. So many people were able to like work from home because of technology and it empowered us to socially distance, AKA it forced us to socially distance. It's like, depending on how you hold it, depending on the day. Right. And as Saturn has moved just recently into Pisces, there's a lot of pros and cons, but one of the things are, is that it, it's a, it's like lessons around having healthy boundaries. And one of the ways that we learn healthy boundaries is by um, not having them. And mm-hmm. a great way to not have healthy boundaries is to, uh, you know, put on your shoes and your pants and your top and your hat and go outside and look at the sky and be like, that's neon pink. Right. Because you can't really cope with what is, if you're not acknowledging what is, because the sky's mm-hmm. most probably blue, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and so this is like a big theme for the next two and a half years around, can we be realistic about where we are? Can we collectively care for each other? And, you know, in this period, I expect we will see in the ne- over the next two and a half years, a rise in populist movements like socialism and communism. Um, the kind of concept of mutual aid will become more mainstream. And, you know, we've seen it, we've seen it building, mm-hmm. um, but this is not completely uh, atypical of, of Saturn and Pisces. And then also, I think we will see continued themes around um Christian nationalism, white Christian nationalism, and uh, this kind of like movement towards purity, uh, which purity culture is always, it's always, nope, it's always, nope, nope. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's very seductive to people because after we've lived through so much trauma and we're not really P, so we can't have PTSD yet, even though a lot of us have PTSD, <laughs> you know, the the thing that so many people are looking for is just a way to feel okay. I've gone through so much. I just want to feel okay. Yeah. And, or feel safe. I think right? is oftentimes yeah. what people are looking for. And purity. Safe, loved, connected. Yeah. Right. So like yeah. purity, purity promises simplicity, right? Yeah. So here Always. we are like gone through this, like totally kind of overwhelming, unprecedented for in our lived experience experience. And what is more seductive than like, Here's a nice, tidy, linear story mm-hmm. of good guys, bad guys. You get to be the hero, and um, and and you know, uh, I I can see, um, I appreciate you putting this in the context because this was something that I was thinking about as I was driving in my neighborhood, observing blue lights in people's windows the other day. Um, blue lights. So did you know, I learned this recently that if you, this is, I live in the suburbs of, of a very liberal state, but um, uh, 
the if people have a like a, a dog whistle is essentially the blue light for your um like over like in your porch like your wind you're like you're like nighttime outdoor light uh, as mm-hmm. is like a code for blue lives matter <gasps> oh really oh and then once my husband told me that i felt oh so sad in like the depths of my heart as i oh. like, drove through my wait are there a lot of that in your neighborhood wow i've never now i have to pay attention oh. i wonder if i paid it i'm in austin i think it's way too liberal in austin for that to be a thing well, but I, mean, I live outside of boston you know yeah. which like, i mean boston is pretty close. boston i mean boston's not not the most liberal place in the i mean boston's very blue livesy yeah it's very blue livesy. yeah it's yeah. very i mean yeah it's, it's very yeah it's a we're, we're we are our, our history with uh Boston, Boston loves to tell a story about the racism that lives everywhere else. <laughs> here we Boston go, is very racist. And it's it is racist as fuck. So yeah. yes, it is yeah. not surprising, but also like hurt in my, it hurts deeply. Yeah. So. yeah. Okay, wait, sorry. We really quick pause. I just realized my, I don't have my battery charged in my computer. I need to grab my charger because I'm about to die. Can you guys okay, wait in two seconds? Die. Okay. Don't die. <laughs> no, I don't want to okay. die. Yeah. Moment to plug in, actually. Um... That's awful. That is really, really disturbing. Yeah. Sorry that you now also will see it. <laughs> I mean, I'm unlikely to see it in real life because I live in Oakland, California. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, okay. Yeah. You have a good chance of not. I mean, I don't think people are big fans of the cops out here. You know yeah. what I mean? When, you know, the, you know how the police, sometimes they call and they're like, we're having the police, like they're doing fundraisers for cops. Yeah. I'm always, I always just say, oh, come on, you know, you know, I'm not going to do this. Right. Oh, and like, and they just like the demoralization of these men who make the calls they know this is not the place it's not a blue lives matter environment (laughs) it's like also i imagine like when you're in if you work in an alumni office and your job is to like call alumni and you're calling the grad from like uh 18 months ago to be like do you want to make a donation like this is good luck (laughs) so i have heard this that in the next couple of years I, I'm actually excited about this theme of like socialism and, and mm-hmm. the collective coming together to make change. Just a quick sort of logistical question is what is this connection with Pisces? Because Pisces sure. I think about is like emotions and sensitivity and art, art being creative. Is there, is there any connection with Saturn being in Pisces? Yes. Yes, there is. And what you, when you said that that's your association with Pisces, what you really meant, was that's my association with people who have the sun in Pisces, who uh, when they were born, the sun was in Pisces. And that's what people call Pisces people. Right. Nobody's a Pisces or anything else because we're not just our sun sign. So hot, God, hot yes. aside. Yes, so yes, yes. Love that. In astrology, there's the energetics and the meaning of, for instance, the zodiac sign of Pisces. And then we can overlay that with the zodiac sign of Pisces and the sun. But that would be different than zodiac sign of Pisces and the moon because context, right? It's like clothes on a hanger versus clothes on a person who it fits versus clothes on a person who it doesn't fit. Right. So, so that's the starting point. The Zodiac sign of Pisces is essentially concerned with interconnectedness, us all being cousins, us all being our wellness being interwoven. It is the Zodiac sign that is associated with empathy community care, mutual aid, idealism, escapism, cognitive dissonance. Um, It is high arts, high spirituality. It's not religion. It's love of God or love of spirit. And it's also floopy doopy. 
You know, it's like, wait, what time is it? I'm going to be late. Wait, what? I can't find my keys. You know, very <laughs> Pisces. Yeah. So now that we have Saturn in Pisces, it's Saturn is teaching us lessons about the 3D, lessons about maturity, lessons about adulting, lessons about community care in a different way, in a way that is more hierarchical and systems driven with the zodiac sign of Pisces. But this transit of Saturn and Pisces does not happen in a vacuum. What's happening at the same time is there's another planet called Neptune and Neptune moves a lot slower than uh, Saturn. Neptune is also in Pisces. And this is where things get really fucking interesting because it is rare for the two planets, Saturn and Neptune, to both be in Pisces at the same time. The last time it was, oh my God, I have my notes. I can grab them. But I believe it was 1747. And it was at this time when... 1747, 48. I can glance at my notes if that's helpful. No, we're good. Yeah, we're good. Okay. (laughs) So at that time, it was when there were people led movements all across Europe and um, much of Asia, and they were fighting monarchies and they were fighting for workers' rights and they were fighting for various forms of um, the needs of the people in contrast, clashing with uh, the ruling classes. And that sounds good, right? until you look at what happens in history. Almost all of those movements lost. Almost all of those movements lost. And they were all disconnected from each other. So you want to keep in mind, these people-led movements, I mean, you couldn't communicate with like somebody in like Sicily and in Paris. They weren't going to have an easy time communicating. Take a month or whatever to get from one place to another. So it wasn't a global world like we have now. So this is why these all the movements, there was no coalition building outside of like your immediate community, right? But the thing is, is that there was a lack of organization and then there was a major pushback by um, the powers that be and, and people lost. It didn't work. And so does that mean, and I didn't go far enough back in history to see the time previous because it was just like so far away. It felt like, I don't know how to like translate that to modern terms already 1747. You're like, wait, what, Mm -hmm. you know, but, but just to say how in how unusual it is for this transit, these two planets to be moving through Pisces at the same time. And when we look back at history, what happens? A lack of realism, a lack of strategy actually hindered the people led movements and cognitive dissidents got in the way. Eh? So the trouble here is that if we do not agree on what the problems are, we do not agree on what reality is, we will fritter away our energy and our resources, and we will not be effective against the powers that be that have nothing but organization and infrastructure. They have no feeling about anything. All they're doing is preserving power. And what you're doing is, you know, I don't know, like uh, paroling your own big pile of money and stuff. It's not that hard of a job. It's a lot harder to create networks that are considerate and empathetic and inclusive. Like that takes so much energy, Yes, especially if everyone is in disagreement about something as simple as, is there a pandemic? Should we care about disabled or immune compromised people? Like just that, again, this is why it demoralizes me because it, 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 we are telling on ourselves without realizing it as a collective by not centering community care in the smallest of ways, um, which is masking IMO. And it just tells me what's likely to happen over these next few years. The problem and the joy of astrology is that in expert hands, it can 
give us a really clear sense of what is happening socially and politically, um, when it's happening, and the best ways to engage with it to get the best possible outcomes. But the bad part is we can see when terrible things are coming. And it's just like watching a freight train come right at you. There's nothing you can do. You know, it's it's really an intense thing. So I saw COVID. I didn't see COVID. I saw an airborne pandemic coming uh, like 2016, 2017. And so I started um, putting on my Instagram stories. I didn't tell people because what's the point? Sounds mm-hmm. sensationalist. It's fear mongering, yeah. you know, all this kind of stuff. And I have no power. Like I'm, I don't work at the CDC, you know, um, and Although, did you hear that podcast called Reveal about the CDC and what happened? Oh, my God. Strong mm-hmm. podcast recommendation. Reveal did a, a three-part series on the COVID pandemic and what was happening in the CDC. It is spectacular reporting. Really worth listening Whoa. to. Anyways. Write, writing um, it down. Yeah, write it down. Do, yeah. do. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I distracted myself. I threw myself off the the. You were saying how you put on Instagram. So you saw, you oh, I put on my Instagram stories and it's still there. Like 911 supplies, like an Amazon list. And it says, don't shop at Amazon because Amazon's awful, obviously, but it's just like the easiest way to have a list. So you see right. the products, brands um, for go bags, just so people would have go bags, you know? And I was just trying to think about like, what can I, what, what, what can I do? Like, I, you know, mm. it's, it's why I started my, my podcast in 2018, because with my skill set, what I can do is help people cultivate emotional tools for coping. That's what I can do. Because if you have good emotional tools, then it is much easier to do the right thing in a crisis. If you are living out of scarcity, if you are defensive, if you, you know, all these various things that we are, it empowers us to act wrong in the 11th hour when we is when it's the most important to act right you know that expression hurt people hurt people mm-hmm. is true we do the worst each of us the best of us do the worst when we feel our worst yeah so you know uh, you know all to say if we are going to be successful in this direction that i'm excited about too which is more of moving away from capitalism and fascism, which honestly, I don't know, TBD, best of luck. But, you know, if we move away from that and towards more socialist movements, we're going to need to be organized and we're going to need each other. And I hear, yeah, and I hear you saying it's a balance of practicality as well. We're going to have to be absolutely practical. And maybe there needs to be some leadership Mm -hmm. that helps us merge the cognitive cognitive dissonance. Yeah. Best of luck. This is the problem (laughs) because who's following who and like back to what you were saying, Kylie, about like people wanting simple answers. People turn to all manner of spirituality. Well, they often turn to politics, wanting there to be a golden egg. Like if I do this full moon meditation, then I won't be lonely anymore. If I vote for this person, then I don't have to pay attention to politics anymore. Mm-hmm. And that shit is insane. That's not how anything works. Yeah, you know, yeah. life is maintenance. Life is process. But people are burnt out. They're exhausted. And also because of systems. Yeah. And that can feel. 100%. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. And oh, sorry, you're just Eva. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. And okay. So uh i'm also thinking of pisces energy in my house because my son is a pisces moon and my daughter's a pisces sun so we get this like really delicious blend of um 
of it. And one of the things I observed for my son, who um, it is, as you can imagine, deeply, deeply, deeply sensitive, is also all the ways in which he, um, who's six, will also try to create. For, I watched. I watch moments where the basically the feeling is too intense, and I will watch him back. Right, he's like already poor little kid is like the king of like, you know. I, I'm I, I'm fine. I'm not feeling anything, even as I can, like, can see it. Right. Also, other times he's very, very open and he has incredible emotional intelligence. So this isn't a black or white situation. But I've watched because he feels things so intensely that there is at times for him a real a real call to like simplify and and create that like purity simplicity. Right. Because it's like this yeah. is too hot to touch, and so I'm going to create simplicity and and putting using sweet little Desi as an example here. I think what I'm hearing you speak to is one of the ways that we move forward is allow ourselves to, to hold complexity, yeah. right? It's like, what is the answer to purity and fascism is actually to dance in the nuance of fucking paradox, yeah. right? Absolutely. And allow, yep. and, 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 and also to cultivate like safety. Like, so for me, I think of a lot of like the revolution as an inside job, right? So like, for me, it's a lot of like, what, it, what's happening internally that I can, and so like how can i create the um the nervous system that can hold things that are too hot to touch the the how can i like um how can i dance with paradox internally and so um one of the things i'm taking away as you're speaking is like how do we work like a, a part of moving collectively basically interestingly and paradoxically how do you how do you work collectively you have to allow for the nuance of like we don't all agree and also that gets to be okay and also that is the thing that allows us to build something that's not pure in a fascist way but also is like focused. yeah and an improvement and an improvement you know it may not be mm-hmm. perfect because that doesn't exist but can it be an improvement yeah. and i think that's really that's hard because i think idealism can also speaking from experience here really get in the way <laughs> yeah it really it, it really does it's interesting to use the word paradox on my year ahead every year at the like right at the new year i do a year ahead prediction episode and um it's definitely worth listening to if you're into this kind of stuff but i think i said several times in that episode like this will be the year of paradox we need to step into paradox um that is saturn and pisces stepping into paradox and what's really challenging about being able to step into like not perfect but good enough when we are coming from such an unequal system Mm -hmm. and there are fascists in power right now in the u.s just speaking of the u.s alone who are doing everything they can to harm people of color trans people non-binary people queer people poor people um, and people with uteruses uh, or people who want to birth, I should say, who can birth, want to birth. Um, I, I mean, we're not all on an equal playing field. So our, our our needs are different. And it's like, you know, some people's willingness to deal with, I don't know, animal rights, but not racism is a fucking problem. And especially on the left, right? And like woo spaces on the left, we see, you know, like a, a, a lot of various you can be not racist just to one group of people and very racist towards another and you know and and you can be not homophobic to gays but really transphobic like this is the problem is like there's so many of us and we are looking for something that includes all of us and we should be and yet 
is it realistic? And this is why the right does better in terms of organizing, because they only care about one group of people. And it's easier when you're only advocating for one person, you know, than when you're trying to advocate for everybody. And again, back to like the, I mean, I don't know who's burnt out of politics right now and social justice stuff and all this. I am. And I obsessively think about it every day still. It's just like, we're all burnt out because it's exhausting. And, and I think, you know, as an astrologer, there's an astrology to it all. There's an astrology of why now. And within that, we can find kind of like what you were just referencing, like our own individual motivation and determination to do our own small part. And and within that, to resist the call for purity and perfection because it is ultimately a destructive white supremacist concept and it leads us down destructive white supremacist roads um, in the woo world, in the political world, in every fucking world. And that is a hard pill to swallow for a lot of people who are seeking the blue light, who are seeking peace, um, you know, and happiness. And, and so again, we're back to more nuance, more paradox, more complexity. It's, it's quite a time to be alive and it's quite a fucking world and humans are ridiculous. (laughs) Yes. You know, I've been thinking a lot about like you were talking about, you know, paradox and versus perfection and i've been thinking a lot about like what is the only like matter the material that is quote-unquote perfect is in like static doesn't change it's plastic right which we actually know mm. that plastic does like whatever but like basically like why do we have microplastics in our water because plastic quote-unquote perfect static thing doesn't degrade doesn't change doesn't evolve doesn't fluctuate right so the whole idea right. of like purity perfection plasticity is is toxic in like all of the fucking layers or whether you're looking at the actual material or the ideal of it. And it's such an allure in particular. I think capitalism loves to play with perfection because it loves to dangle the carrot in front of the stick. Right. Which is like, keeps us stuck, you know, Yes, like your salvation is right around the corner. You just have to get on vacation. You just have to retire. You just have Mm -hmm. to vote in the next election. Right. It is like always perpetually the solution around the corner um, where there is a perfect place. Right. I even think about like how that are like, um, uh, our, our vision of heaven is like this, like, right. The pearly gates actually went on this really super delish shamanic journey once that, or I ended up at the pearly gate and just like screamed and tore it all down. And like <laughs> in this journey, like, uh, like ripped, ripped open into Eden and then just like invited all the monsters in and was like, yeah, that's right. This is our place. Yeah. No, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, which I think I'm just trying to like point to like my personal fascination was just like all the layers of which we have, like we, um, yeah, we asked for it, it, like I guess like what is the dance between the idealism and the vision that that a Pisces energy can have, right? And that like we want the left to have, and also how do we hold that without grasping to static perfectionism that is actually toxic and death? I don't know an answer, but it's a great oh, question. I mean, it it is a great question, and I mean, I think. From my perspective, astrology teaches us that the answer 
is being comfortable with not knowing. It's being comfortable with failure and understanding that not knowing and failure is the part of every success and every answer. There's, and again, this is, this is really, you know, easy to say and hard to live. It's when we're in this state of I'm learning something that's challenging me, or I don't know if I'm learning something or if I hate this person and I disagree with them, like whatever it is, Mm -hmm. when we're in this moment where we are having an emotional activation, having the ability to know that we're being emotionally activated and to choose to stay present instead of to figure it out, that that's the answer. If we can do that consistently, if we have, you know, waves of people doing that, things change. They have no choice but to change. The problem is reactivity and impatience because we're so impatient to turn ideas into things, feelings into things. Everything has to be a thing. Everything has to be provable. And again, this is very American, very capitalistic, very modern thing, but it's a very real thing. And I don't know. I had more confidence in us before the pandemic. But again, this is why I think about the pandemic all the time, because seeing how people are responding now um, lets me know something I wish I didn't know. And so, you know, I got, I got, unfortunately, I guess the, the, the other thing I'll say about this is, is that when we're so busy looking off at the horizon that we're not paying attention to what's happening right in front of us. Mm-hmm cognitive dissonance, right? It's like you, you want to focus on what's happening in other places instead of right at your front door. You know, that's something that I think we're all, we all need to like kind of call ourselves into the moment to wherever we find ourselves and to make sure that we're, we're living in accordance with our values, that we have values, you know, and astrologically, The way I describe the difference between Venus, which governs our values, and Neptune, which is the ruling planet of Pisces and governs our ideals, is that ideals are like stars in the night sky. They light up the sky and they guide us. They they illuminate the darkness. But we will not reach the stars. That's not actually what we're even supposed to do. We're meant to be guided by them, but not achieve them. They're perfection because they're not even real. The stars we see at night are not even real. Like we're seeing like the shadow of a star or something like that, right? Mm -hmm. Stars back in time. Whereas values, Venus, are like lampposts. They also light up the night sky. They also illuminate the darkness. But you could get a tall ladder and you could take the light bulb out and put a new light bulb in. They are achievable and attainable. So they function similar to ideals, except for they can be embodied and managed in the material life, in the 3D. And I think so many of us on all sides of all political spectrums, um, we're fixated on our ideals and not our values, but our values are the ones to watch. Our values are the ones we can actually, at the end of our lives, say, I lived in accordance with my values. Um, and mean it. But a lot of people, I would say most people don't. I'm like having very strong reactions. Every, I'm like, I feel like I've been uncharacteristically quiet. I'm usually chatty, 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 but I'm really just like letting this all sink in because it's really, it's really applicable to my life. And that I will tell you, listeners probably know in the beginning of this year, I made a huge life change where I moved to Austin to live on some property. I'm like in an Airstream now in hopes to 
with our mutual friend Eliza start a community. Let very me just, idealistic. Very idealistic. Very yes. idealistic. And yeah. I'm learning so much about how it's hard. It's messy. There's conflict. It's not idealistic. You know what I mean? It's 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 like oh yeah, I have to deal with cockroaches and like shit me like mule mule shit and like and conflict and you know. And I think that's good. It's good for me to see. I want to see like is it actually going to be as beautiful as I think it's going to be, or is it some you know fantasy? And that what's this conversation is helping me with is like. And this has been a theme that's come up is like, just because it's messy doesn't mean you're doing it wrong or doesn't mean that that's, that's, <laughs> that it's bad. Maybe that is the process. And going back to what you're saying, Kylie is like, okay, then how can I manage my own discomfort? Like, can I be comfortable in the discomfort? Right. That is so much of, of the, of, I think of our process. And it's really easy for me to get to perfectionism, actually. Like I'm, I'm, I'm a, I have high standards. And so there have been times where I'm like, wait, is this you know, how, is this wrong? Like, is, is this not going to work? You know, like, is this too idealistic? And I think going back to what you're saying, Jessica, it's like, oh, if I could just <laughs> be okay with the fact that it's not going to be, we're not going to agree, agree upon everything, but actually are we making small strides forward? Like, aren't we making incremental improvements? Yes, we are. And if I can look at that, that is much more important, but yeah. it's uncomfortable though. And yeah. And also what I'm hearing you say is like, cause I have been feeling like actually truly depressed when I think about like the state of American politics um, in a way that feels like hard to hold in my body, right? Like that, it has been a thing that I am watching myself disassociate from, right? There's been chapters in my life where I like have chosen like, you know, when my kids were really little, where it was like mental health, like my world has to be, right? What if being a total politics junkie to like, actually like my kid was, his, his due date was, Trump's inauguration and it was like postpartum Kylie needs a like time out right but I can feel in this moment it's more of disassociation of like I I, I can't I'm scared of the outside world mm-hmm. I just got tears when I was saying that which is also still related to motherhood right because it's like what the fuck am I giving you all to like right anyway um so I'm just like witnessing that that and so I'm grateful for this conversation because I, I I appreciate that it's like kind of pulling me into the thing that I have you know noticed that I've been kind of disassociating from um, and now it's hilarious because I'm talking about disassociation and completely forget the thing that I was going to say next. So that's it. Um, well, <laughs> you know, I'll just throw in the mix, like whether it's like moving to a plot of land in Texas, very liberal state I've heard, um, or, you know, being a parent, they're both ridiculously idealistic things to do until you do them. And then when you do them, they become real. And when they become real, all you can do as life throws you around like that roller coaster that makes you feel like you're going to fall out, but they strapped you in, but in real life, no one straps you in. All you can do is live in accordance with your values. You mm-hmm. can, all you can do is your best because you have to fuck up when you're doing something idealistic. It, it has to touch into those parts of you that are unrealistic. You can't have kids and not be unrealistic. You can't mm-hmm. move to do this thing you're doing, you know, in, in Austin-ish Austin, yeah. um, and not be, you know, you have to, you have to remember that the reason why you do those things is because of love, because you want to experience love, because you have love, because you believe that you will have love if you do these things. That's the motivation for following your ideals. Mm-hmm. And 
when we're motivated by love, again, cognitive dissonance, paradox, we're back to not wanting to see the shadow of love. What is the shadow of love? It's grief. It's pain. It's hate. The opposite of love is apathy, but the shadow of love, now that's something else. And I think, I, I think that like the conversation of like messiness is so important. It's so important. It's not possible to be happy all the time. It's not yeah. even a good goal. It's not possible to do well all the time. Yeah, it's, it's a not a good goal. goal. It's a terrible yeah. goal. It's, it's like a terrible so, goal. So like really putting this, I love taking like ideas and putting them in like real life examples. Like if I <laughs> was going for the ideal, I would have quit already. Like I would have already been like, this is, this is a mistake. Like I should leave. Like that's, and I hear that's what you're saying about yeah. um, co- this collective, you know, I don't know if I'd call it an uprising, but uh, organization that we might be doing is that if we only focus on the ideal, it will fizzle out really fucking quickly. And in addition, I love what you're saying about ideals, ideals versus values. I can give you a very real life example of like, my ideal is that we're going to create this collective space for women to gather and it's going to be supportive and, you know, the communication is going to be beautiful and it's going to be just like, you know, a restful space for women. But in reality, what's happened is there's been conflict. And so my value is, how can I be honest? Can I be honest and live in integrity and, you know, have the hard conversation, even if it's uncomfortable or, or Mm -hmm. can I stand up for myself if it's uncomfortable, all of these different things. And when I look at my values, I feel actually a sense of relief because I'm, oh, I'm not, I'm not on the wrong track. Like I'm doing the right thing. But if I was just thinking about my ideal, which is that like, this is supposed to be like a fairyland for whatever women to frolic, I'd be like, oh, we're totally fucking up. Like, this is a disaster. <laughs> and so- It's interesting that, that you say that because I'll tell you also, Venus in astrology doesn't only govern values, it governs authenticity and it governs interpersonal dynamics and diplomacy. So it's kind of like you're in a real Venusian moment because it's really, you're dealing with that messiness. And the truth is the only way to create a safe place is to have it be safe for conflict. Yeah. This idea that we have, and I think especially women have, that- Safety and happiness and compatibility means being free of conflict. That means lying. You cannot be an honest person or have an honest relationship and never throw down ever. I am a big, you know, when I, cause I do couples counseling sometimes. And when I have couples come in and they're like, oh, we never fight. I'm always like, uh oh, this is going to be hard work. <laughs> yeah. Because if you're not fighting, you're not telling your partner the truth. And if you're in community with people and you're not like, when you chew with your mouth open, I want to murder you with my fingertips. (laughs) Like you don't have to say it that way for something that petty, but like, if you don't find a way to communicate, like I need to eat separately for my mental health, like then you're not going to have a safe place because it can't be safe if it's pretty and pretty alone. It has to be pretty and has to have a strong enough container to hold people kicking at it. Like, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I think again, this idea of idealism is where we're coming coming back to, right? And and at the end of the day, you know, we can have this nuance nuanced conversation all we want. And there are people who are just like, how can we make prisons bigger? <laughs> you know, like how can we make sure that trans people aren't safe anywhere? How can we make the most money off of our lowest paid workers? It doesn't matter if they get sick because we will make money off of them on the other side. Like, you know, as we have all these nuanced conversations, there are like really terrifying things happening, not to like, you know, make anything worse, but it's just, I think it's, it's really important to like have, 
this is okay. This is something I struggle with. So maybe I don't think it's important. This is what I struggle with. It's like, I want to keep in mind all the time when I'm like struggling with like, I'm really supposed to post on social media more and I'm really not doing it. And I feel like about it or whatever. If I pull back and think about the complexity of the this country and then the complexity of what's happening globally and then the complexity of the planet itself and then the complexity of all the things I can't possibly even begin to think of or understand, then my problem gets a lot smaller and it is a little more contextualized. Sometimes it makes me feel worse and like everything I do is futile. And then other times it makes me feel like, okay, it's not the biggest deal. You know what I mean? And it just, it depends on my, th- oops, I'm so sorry. That's, that's torture. That was my computer, my pocket computer. I'm so sorry. Um, but it really just depends on my my mood. It doesn't depend depend on reality. It depends on my mental state it's and like my emotions. Perspe- and, perspective. and I just think it's like exactly, exactly. Well, and are we using our pers- are we using right? Because you can use the zoom out perspective to be empowering, right? And is like this like this isn't important. Like I can let myself off the hook, or you can zoom out exact same zoom out and be like yeah it's a piece of shit why are you so stressed out because the world's a terrible place right and like and so uh we can use story to tell whatever right we can use story we can use the same set of data to tell a story that makes us feel like shit or that feels empowering Mm -hmm. um well and that's where i think like i mean this is where i think the internal responsibility is like we have a i think it's i mean people might argue that we don't but i believe that we have a choice like how we respond to information is everything that's the only thing that we have control over i mean we all know this right like and yeah i mean i mean i really think it's really that we can either be in reaction to something and then we feel like we are a victim but i do think so much of the quote internal work is getting ourselves to a place where we can respond in a way that is liberating and supportive and loving rather than to- toxic and, you know, making us feel really small. Mm. Yeah. I agree with that. It's hard. We're living through a really rough time. Yeah, we yeah. are. And, and I think, you know, kind of back to what you were saying at the very start, Kylie, it's just like this thing of like how we haven't coped and, you know, it's like so many people are like trying to be back to normal when things are objectively not normal. And um, normal wasn't great, actually. <laughs> right? like, like the normal was shit. Yeah. Normal was really, really unfair. It was unsafe. It was dangerous. And it was going in this direction. And, you know, we haven't really touched on the the climate crisis, but OMG, but should we, you know, like, I mean, there's just, there's so much and it's all interconnected and um and i think i think that it's really important that we find ways of kind of cutting ourselves some slack and coping without sticking our head in the sand um and that is or sticking our head in the sand for you know a limited period of time and then ripping it out right. once we get too comfortable right because um i just think Honestly, astrologically, and also just because I consume a lot of news, things are going to get significantly worse. Mm-hmm. They're going to get significantly less safe for a lot of people, and they're going to get significantly worse. And that's if we don't have a world war, right? Um, which I don't want to... Okay, yeah, sure I do. Okay. Um, so the 
Planet Uranus, yet another planet in astrology, is in the zodiac sign of Taurus. And the last time that Uranus was in Taurus was World War II. Um, and, you know, we are going through a period where, you know, the burning of books and the banning of books and the coming for trans people, it's exactly what the Nazis did. We are seeing the rise of fascism globally. And the world is more global, you know, and we're in a really dangerous time. And the next several years are going to stay dangerous, unfortunately, from an astrological viewpoint anyways. So, and I'm so ask, I want to ask yeah. you an unfair question. Go for it. It's not an easy one to answer. How do you, how do you feel then about, do you feel optimistic or do you feel, I guess, I guess my question is how do you feel about the future or the next phase that we're entering not optimistic whatsoever okay and so how do you cope with that and you may not Uh, have a perfect answer right you know like there's no perfect answer i mean i struggle um because i'm very aware that there's a bunch of things i can do for myself and they may or may not actually be useful when the time comes because did i have like when we go back to my little like uh, thing I did on Instagram highlights. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And 95 masks weren't on there because mm-hmm. I didn't know about them because it was, you don't know what you don't know. Like right. I didn't, I knew you had, how to live through, you had to live through a pandemic before. So how would you, how would you have known? <laughs> and, and even, you know, I mean like little ones, like, you know, like swine flu and, you know, like little things here and there in the U S have come through like teeny tiny ones, but but I just, I didn't know the word pandemic. I knew I described what a pandemic was, but I didn't have that word. You know, you just can't know what you don't know. And anyways, so um, it is very hard to, you know, as an astrologer (laughs) who sees things and whose looks, um, and also I'm from refugees on both sides that, you know, come from war and blah, blah, blah. So I, 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 you know, I, I'm not an optimist on my optimistic days. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I think everyone needs a plan. I think everyone needs a plan. I think everyone needs a plan that doesn't just include them and their closest. Um, I mean, ideally. I really, I really appreciate this answer, honestly. Like I think, Especially, I think, in like the new age spiritual world, um, everyone and and that's not a bad thing, but everyone wants to go to optimism. Like, I think it's yeah. great. Someone's like, no, I think yeah. everyone should have a plan. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, that's I cool. am not the one. I mean, and that's like we were talking about like reviews online, you know, for my podcast, the the negative review I get kind of over and over. Not, I don't get tons of them, but the ones that I have that are negative are almost always like, is this political podcast? Why is she so negative about things? And it's like, well, I mean, I don't, you know, I talk about this with my partner sometimes. And um, he sometimes will say to me, like, be more specific. Like, don't be vague about the things you see. And I'm like, I wish I didn't know, you know, and I don't, and I can't know, I don't know, uh, until it's passed. I won't know, um, you know, my, my accuracy, like my track record with these kinds of predictions are of a very good track record. That's terrible. It's ruining my life a little bit. You know what I mean? Um, so I don't, I don't want to be specific because I don't think it's helpful because if I tell you the month that I think things are going to get dire, 
Oh yeah. Also going to improve your life. Totally. It's no. not going to improve your life. Right. And I, I totally get that. I think that's yeah. where astrology can become, um, you know, like pop astrology, your horoscope can actually become unhelpful because, you know, Correct. it verges on superstitious, right? You, then Correct. you become superstitious because yeah. then you're like, oh, this terrible thing is going to happen this week. And you're just walking yeah. on eggshells. And on and online, people who do more political astrology will sometimes really be fixated on receipts, um, on being like, Let, I predicted this thing and it happened on the state and here's the receipts. And I get why people do that. And I'm not saying that it's wrong. But for me, I don't do that, even when I write about very big things, because it doesn't help anyone except for my ego, you know, <laughs> yeah. and it might get me some interviews and some good publications, but that's the only thing it does. It doesn't actually help anyone. If I keep on bringing people's attention back to emotional coping skills, that helps. Nothing else helps. And so, you know, we have to ask ourselves, like, what are we in it for? And this is where, you know, my ideal is to have a wider scope of influence so I could influence more people, which would mean I would have to do some of the things that I think are out of alignment with my values in order to get to that ideal. But I'm always going to choose my values over my ideals mm -hmm. because my values are in alignment with what is achievable and true and real on the day to day. My ideals, like I might think that a higher, bigger scope of influence is more important, but maybe a smaller scope of influence is more important if I'm actually reaching that smaller group more holy like i i don't want to yeah again you can't know what you don't know yeah. but what i do know and what i always come back to is values I living in line this with framework. values this, this is a really helpful framework i think for yay for thank me, you me i thank think hopefully much. a lot of people good yeah one of the things that i think about a lot specifically as it comes to like my news consumption is about my relationship to despair because mm -hmm. Despair helps nobody. Well, I think actually despair helps the status quo and the powers that be, right? Like when, uh, and that's like kind of my, that's my tell when I'm like, you know, like you eat too much sugar and you got a bellyache. Like when I've consumed too much um, and I like my, like the the, the, the the cavernous roar of despair is really loud. That's my clue to be like, okay, let's go lay in some grass, you know, mm -hmm. because um you know, I think one of the things that you're speaking to, especially as you speak to these planets that have this like slow giant arc, right, is um, uh, the like the epic pace of of history, right, and like the, the the hugeness of the arc that we are just a like tiny blip in, and so you know what is that saying? Like the, I forget the phrase, but how like the the arc of history points towards justice, right? Um, or at least I think has the potential to. Um, but um, but I think one, I, I, I just think a lot about like my relationship to despair and when despair get, and like trusting that voice. And if despair gets too loud to like, that something internally needs some nourishment around power and being empowered, because when I am empowered, then I get to act from that place mm -hmm. of like, like, you know, demanding change. So for context um, back Last summer, I had this moment of, it was my son was about to go to kindergarten. And I had this moment of like, I'd been way on the fence. Listeners know this. I've been on the fence for a while. And I had this like, just like outrageous kind of maternal roar that was like, I, he's, I don't feel safe, right? Like school shootings, violence, like I, it is not, it, it just like my whole body was like, nope. And I got like, really, there's like one night that I got like, really really angry about it kind of at my husband and also at the world and my husband said something 
very compassionately was like, is this anger helping anybody? And I remember, and I said to him, and I stand by this, like, if every mother was this angry, like this wouldn't exist, right? If every mm. mother felt safe, and I'm saying mothers in particular, just because that's the place from which I stand, right? But pick your demographic. But um, if every mother gave herself permission to be this angry, then the then and and felt like safe and powerful being this angry, then like everything would change, right? Mm. But despair robs us actually from the ability to be angry and the ability to like remember that we are powerful agents, even if our power feels fucking microscopic, right? And feels like Sisyphean or whatever. But um but I, I just um that's like coming up loud as we're sharing this is like how do we track our relationship to despair mm. versus power? And when despair is loud, how do we nourish our ability to be powerful. Yeah. I mean, I think something that really comes up for me is I think it's healthy to feel despair in despairing situations. Mm -hmm. And again, it's important. Like if you touch a hot stove and you don't burn your hands, something's wrong with you. And if you touch a hot stove and you emerge with a burn, then you are actually really healthy and that's your body coping with the burn. Right. And to a certain extent, and this is a very unpopular opinion, but to a certain extent, I think despair is healthy because we are in desperate times. You know, even well, even as you're yeah. saying it, it's, uh, oh, sorry. It's just healthier than apathy, I think is. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. it's healthier than apathy, but I would say it's, if we're talking about something like school shootings and you don't feel despair, yeah. at least for some period of time, then you're not taking it in. And the pathologizing of pain and anger, I think is a problem. I think those are human emotions to be coped with. And I think some of coping with despair is leaving space for despair. Oh, to be for context, my whole thing is like, what's your fucking feeling? Like, yeah, bring in the ugly emotions. I call them. Yes, I right. a yes. thousand percent agree. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think in particular... Like, and so for me, part of it also is like, what is the wisdom of this emotion, right? And so for me, despair is my signal that I am in need, right? Like, not, not that despair is wrong, but despair is like, it's my, the wisdom it offers me is um, you're hungry to remember that you are, that you have access to power. And so like, that's what its call is. But yeah, to be clear, uh, I mean, whether it's right or wrong, it's actually irrelevant because you fucking feel despair. So feel it mm -hmm. and feel yeah. into it and let it take you wherever it is that you need to go with it. Um, but uh, but I think what, as someone actually who was recently having a pity party for herself and like feeling really sorry for herself, <laughs> I, I can notice like what you're speaking to, Kylie, is really helpful. Is like despair is important. It means that your heart's open, right? And mm. you are, like you're saying, Jessica, taking it in. I think that's actually really beautiful because that's how we connect to the, hum the humanity, like the human experience. But despair can either make you feel hopeless and helpless and defeated. And then you are just in fetal position in your bed with a blanket over your head. And that helps no one. And that's a really shitty place to be. And I've felt that way before. Or despair can catalyze you into being like, fuck this, you know what I mean? Or, or some type of power where you feel like maybe something needs to yeah. change. And I think, I don't know, you know, I mean, I, I guess that's, I don't know. Is that a choice that one makes? I'm not really sure. 
but I think that is. I think it's choice in nature. It's all, it's like, it depends on like what Kylie's saying about like, that's my, it's like my inner bell being like, okay, you know, you've slipped out of where you're empowered. You know, that's different for everyone. It's not going to be the same for me. My, I have a really high capacity for despair. I don't want to brag, but (laughs) very high capacity for despair. Um, I mean, I think there it's personality. I think it's culture. I think it's, uh, I think it's a lot of things, you know? Um, And at a certain point when we hit whatever our, like, I can't tolerate anymore. Like I am, I am on the floor emotions. I think that that's where part of what we need is to ask for help. You know, I mean, I think that's, I think that again, we're talking about community building. We're talking about care and mutual aid. And, and some of this is about recognizing that, yes, if all the mothers of the world, like, and I know this was just an example, but if all the mothers in the world in the country really stood up against gun violence, you know, what would happen? They would pull our rights quicker and more harshly. We actually need the people with power, which are the fucking cis white dudes to be the ones. Cause if they were all really like despairing, then it wouldn't be anymore. And all right, bye, you know, guns manage, you know, I think, I think again, it's like recognizing that we don't need to be always figuring it out for ourselves. Sometimes we actually need to lean on the people closest to us or the people who have more power than us or who just are having a better day, you know? And I think that that's, I think it's part of it, but like how we kind of got here in our conversation is talking about like the dis- ultimately the despair that we, I think, all feel, certainly the three of us feel, about the world. And it's it's just scary. And I, I, I really am scared about the world and I'm scared about what's coming. And I think that's a really healthy response to what I see. And I have a lot of friends who aren't that scared. And I think, I think they're bananas and I want to give them banana cream Sundays every time I see them and be like, this is a metaphor. Um, but I, but you know, I don't because I don't have all those bananas, but I, I mean, it's, it's quite a world, you know? And I think we all are just needing to cope in the best way we can. And for me, fear and despair is catalyzing into determination. It makes me determined you know, we all just need to like be honest about who we are and where we are and what we have the capacity for, you know, but yeah. my partner has always said to me uh, that being with me has taught him that everything is a near death experience. And I am very proud to say that I do believe that everything is a near death <laughs> experience. And, uh, you know, a lot of people just could never bear to live like that. And that's great. You know what I mean? Like we get to be different, but I think we have to lean on each other in more honest ways. And, you know, easier said than done, but that's, I think that's the, I mean, I think that's the key. I mean, I think that's always been the key. You know, Audre Lorde has a quote about there's no liberation without community. And I think that Mm -hmm. that's very true. So I'm actually happy we're like doing a call back to this community piece or, um, because I, so I'm not, you know, I mentioned earlier, I think like, I'm not particularly astro literate, but I have heard already just so much about how this time is about, you know, community uprising, mutual aid, that is very appealing to me. (laughs) Um, I guess I'd be curious if you have any thoughts on like, okay, what, what can we, what, okay, as an individual, I want to know, what do I do with that information? Is this like, I mean, does that mean that this is a time, a catalyst where our actions have 
more weight? Or is it that, and this is where I also find astrology interesting, is it like, this is just going to happen without us ever having to try because this is just the way that things will organically move. And yeah, does that, I don't know, there's a question in there somewhere. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's two questions in there. So one is, and different astrologers will have a different take on this, but I am a big believer in predestiny and free will. So we are predestined to be in this time with these themes, as terrible or wonderful as they are. But within that predestiny, we have free will. So I can look at a child's birth chart and see what will happen in their parents' marriage. But it's wild. I can look at a child's birth chart and see what will happen in the future between the adults of like the parents of the child, right? Mind-blowing. And within that, those parents have free will. Those parents have room, but it's within a container. It's room within a container, within predestiny, right? And I think the same thing is true for the world. So in terms of how to, so that's one answer to one question. The other answer to your other question is, there's two ways I could answer this other question. One is, if you want to get like astro nerdy, what you do is you look at what transiting planets are activating within your birth chart, either by transit to other planets or through your houses, which for you, if you're like astro beginner, you definitely would hire an astrologer for that. You wouldn't want to just do it on your own because it's too complicated. But that is like the more technical way where you can see what's activated in your birth chart to see, okay, this is what's pointing me in the in this particular direction. So you could do that. The other thing you could do is simply know these are the themes. There's so much idealistic uh, potential and there's so much uh, potential around collective coming together and activism and all this kind of stuff. And also there's the risk of not being realistic, of not building a, a foundation for a structure to be built upon, like, you know, like, or whatever it is. So, okay, I'm going to just keep that in mind when I'm like, putting my head against a wall sometimes, you know, I'm going to keep that in mind when I lost five days to like rolling around on the grass. That's like, Oh, that wasn't a loss that empowered me for the next three days where I'm going to go and work hard. You know, it's, it's about having this bigger picture perspective within which you can hold your own personal choices and lived experience. So, you know, for me, for me, that influences, I mean, and I have like a lot of information that I'm not sharing because it's, of yeah. all the things I've talked about, right? Um, and time and all that. But for me, it's like there's certain things like, okay, remember when the little bird landed on Bernie Sanders' podium <laughs> back in the day when he was robbed of his nomination, whatever you think of him. But, uh, you know, he was robbed. Um, but when that little birdie sat there and there's all those people and he just stayed there, I was like, okay. He's either going to become the next president of the U.S. or it'll be Trump because we were going to have a revolution one way or another, right? And we are still living through revolutionary times. So we can know that there's going to be revolution one way or another. <laughs> so we want to get behind revolutionary transformations, whether it be in within us, in our daily habits, um, in our coalition building, how we vote, it goes on and on and on, right? But I think it's really about using this information to empower us to stay on path instead of to overwhelm or destroy us. And 
that means also knowing when to tap out, when to be like, all right, nope, nope, got a limit, got a boundary. Because again, Saturn and Pisces teaches us boundaries. What can we, what, what can we stay present for? I don't watch um, violence and a lot of people like on TV and movies and stuff like that. And a lot of people will be like, oh, well, it's not really violence. It's like, you know, she gets her vengeance against her perpetrator. And it's like, well, but that's still violence. And, you know, the reason why I know it sounds like a total left field, but like the reason why I'm saying this is because it makes me feel bad. It stays with me. So I have a boundary and the boundary is super annoying because everybody likes violent movies except for me. And so I'm constantly having to like leave the room or not go out with friends or like cover my eyes. I think the three of us ear. can hang out because I think the three of us are all, we're all, okay, we're, all we're all sensitive. Sensi. Yeah. We're all sensi. <laughs> yeah. And you know, so, you know, it's like super, it's like something to manage, but it's worth it because it, it's like boundaries based on self-awareness, right? Mm-hmm. And I just think we need to apply that in lots of ways. Be willing to be a pain in the ass. Be willing to be different. Be willing to be inconvenient if you're doing what's in alignment, like what's with your values, you know, what you can take. Anyways, so that's my big, big fat answer to your questions. No, it's great. I think it's super helpful and will inform how I move forward, I think, in the next, (laughs) I don't know, year and a half. Excellent. Yeah. Ooh. Do we do a round of joy? Yeah. How everyone's feel- How's everyone feeling? I know we're coming up to our end time soon. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you want to kick us off, pal? Something that's bringing you joy? Me? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You, pal. Sorry. <laughs> okay, okay. Okay. I was like, well, there's two of us. I don't know which one. Um, uh, what's bringing me joy, honestly, is is my garden. I'm just staring at it right now. Um, yeah. My, I have a, I'm very lucky to be in California and I have this three-year-old volunteer peach tree at a think this year we might get peaches that we can eat. Maybe not, but it's got a lot of fruit. We had a very wet winter, which yeah. I mean, yeah, I live in a state of drought. So even though it was kind of a rough winter, it's like my garden doesn't know that my garden is overjoyed. Yeah. The rosemary is taller than me. It's like wild out here. So yeah, oh, I'm really into my garden so right now. Yeah. yeah. I actually just came back from California. Yeah. And everyone was talking about the super flu, but I had, I'm actually originally from California. I've never seen it so colorful. It was it's insane. It, it's yeah. because we finally had rain. Had the rain. I mean, that's, that, yeah. that's like the, I feel like there's a metaphor in there somewhere, right? Like yeah. with all the rain comes all the fruits and the, and all the bounty. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, cool. All right, Kylie, do you want to share your joy? Let's bring you to joy. Sure. Um, okay. So uh, my husband's on a work trip. Um, which I'm very happy for him. It's, he got this big invitation to do this thing. Um, and my mom came down to help me with the kids for the week. Um, so that I could, you know, balance everything. And I am, first of all, just like, so jazzed to have my mom here. She's I'm just so eternally grateful for all the ways that she shows up to like be supportive and be like a great mom and a great grandmother. Um, but in particular, she helped me like my house is from like the, 1860s or 1840s uh the town hall burned so we don't know for sure and it has absolutely like no closets on the first floor like teeny tiny closets upstairs and i'm a cluttered person like i'm not a i'm not a, I'm not a tidy person and then i have two small kids so my house is just a perpetual like tornado of shit <laughs> and um and it's just been like making me feel sad like i have felt sad in my own home because i have felt kind of overwhelmed by the mess and like how do I navigate it and even when I put everything away it's still there's nowhere for it to go and um 
And so I kind of vented to my mom about this and she was doing this really sweet thing where she was like offering solutions. And I was like, no, mom, I just need to be upset. I need you to hear me being upset and then we can solve the problem. And she was like, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> she listened to me vent in Lowe's about all the, all the, you know, um, you know, about it being overwhelming. And then she helped me solve the problem. And because she's also a like creature of intense ADHD chaos, we literally like took out everything from every cabinet from two rooms. We moved furniture. We threw tons of things away. It's still an insane work in progress. Again, this is why I foreground that my husband is away because God bless him, this would be his worst fucking nightmare. Cause ADD, I'm the queen of half finished projects, right? So like we have like a Friday deadline to get this shit done. <laughs> um but I woke up this morning and walked downstairs into my kitchen and just felt so grateful. I mm-hmm. felt like spacious. I felt I could just feel like my nervous system was happy. It was like, yes, look at all these clean lines, bitch. You know, like, look at this, like, counter space that you made by moving this furniture. So um, my house, but in particular, my mom being a great champion. Mm-hmm. That's sweet. I, yeah. I love that for you. I'm I hope come Friday it feels really good. I mean, it sounds like it already does, but yeah. Yes, cleanliness is yes, you know, I feel I feel like it's, that spaciousness I think is important to me. So, I get it. Um, I will share my joy for the week. My joy for the week. I feel like this is my joy every time there's a new season, but there's a new season of Queer Eye out and I just discovered and that show. Do you just discover the show, or you just discover the, the, the new season? Yeah, they're yes. in New they're New Orleans now, and um, honestly, it's just one of those shows. There, because of my like sensitivity, like there's not a lot of shows that I can watch that are like, you know, everyone yeah. keeps telling me to watch Beef. Beef is this like you know show with a bunch of like Asian Americans on Netflix, and yes. I'm like, oh, I should watch it, and I watched the first episode, and it was like, ah, like so intense. <laughs> I am actually so glad not to take away from your joy moment, no. but I'm so glad you said that because I heard only amazing things, but it's so intense. It's like clearly so much about emotional pain. And I'm like, I don't know if I like I have to be in the right state of mind for that. Yes. Yeah. Yes, exactly. I'm like, I want to watch it. I want to support. I want to love it. But bound, you know, boundaries, right? Like yeah. Boundaries. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But Queer Eye is just so... I just love the, you know, the hosts and I just love that it's, it just makes me happy. I mean, I do have questions. My like inquisitive mind always goes, but is this really helpful? Like I sometimes wonder, do they just go in there and people are like on a high and then they leave and then maybe they're like sad again. I don't know. I do question, but I will say I love the show and it brings me joy. (laughs) Yeah. I, love I saw it. I saw the season and it was it was a great season. Oh, good! I can't wait. I'm just like I'm like savoring them because I know they're gonna it's gonna end soon. Yeah. <laughs> so. Oh, all right, Jessica. This was amazing. Of course, we knew it was gonna be. Thank <laughs> uh, you. I appreciate it. Even even though you wouldn't call yourself an optimist, you are a delight. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> um, Definitely not an optimist. Yeah. No one has ever called me one. But which I, I appreciate. Delight. Yes. Thank you. Um, where can people find you? How can they work with you? Why don't you share it with us all the sure. things? And and thank you so much for having me. This has been so much fun. And I know we went kind of deep and heavy, so thanks for doing it. We um, always do. Okay, good. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad I didn't, you know, drag it, last drag a bitch episode, down. Last week's for context, last week's episode was literally making everyone listen to how I had this existential realization that nothing is real and everything is meaningless and that that's the portal to liberation. So like put you in context. Saturn and Pisces. Look at you just talking about Saturn and Pisces like it's your damn job. Yeah, yeah. Um, so okay. you're right on brand. <laughs> okay, good, 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 good. Okay, so um, people can 
listen to my podcast. Uh, it's called Ghost of a Podcast. There's episodes out twice weekly. Um, once on Sundays, it's horoscopes, kind of like, you know, prediction stuff. And then on Wednesdays, it's a reading. And the only way to get a reading with me is on my podcast. I'm not offering one-on-one readings anymore um, because of cognitive dissonance and my inability to hang out there with people for too long. Uh, So you can listen to the podcast, send me questions uh, through the contact form on my website. You can join me on Patreon where I do lots of woo stuff. I teach tarot, astrology, psychic stuff, mediumship. It's all over the place. Um, And I also have classes for sale on my website and some cute swag for people who like (laughs) cute clothes. Um, Prints on demand. So it's not torturing the planet, just why. Um, But um, yeah, I think those are the things. I have a book. I have a book. I wrote a book. If people are into books. Yes. Um, What's the book's name? It's called, I don't have it next to me. It's called Astrology for Real Relationships. Do I have it? I don't have it next to me. It's called Astrology for Real Relationships, Understanding You, Me, and How We All Get Along. And it's broken into three sections. If you're a beginner, it works. If you're a pro, it works. Uh, First section is friends and chosen family. The second section is like early stages of dating, like dating, hooking up. And then the third section is long-term committed relationships. And it's queer and gender inclusive. Um, And it's just good astrology. So like- get it. And it's yeah. cute. I should, I mean, I'm, I'm, am I tuning my heart, but it's cute. It's got colors and emojis and it's cute. Yeah. I mean, your so, whole like branding is like your, every whole branding is cute. Like your, your outfit you. right now is cute. Your glasses are cute. So I think thank it's you. That's on, very nice. On oh, brand. Can I just tell you about these glasses for a minute? Uh, I'm almost 50 and I had to get progressives this year. And I was like, well, if I'm going to get progressives, I'm also going to get neon glasses and I just want to say like age your own way you know what I mean just age your own fucking way yeah yeah that could be a whole other episode that could be a whole other episode but yes thank you for dropping that wisdom there yes I just feel like I I feel like I always just kind of got it I don't know I like I like dropping age because I feel like it's important for us to talk about more 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 yes yes also I want to give a plug for your podcast because it is a delight and I have been listening to it for years so if if listeners are you know, if you've enjoyed this for sure, go listen to the podcast and yes, underscore H your own way. I fucking love that. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you very much.